Amen. You may be seated. The children may go to Children's Church. Amen. Had a very interesting conversation with Jace about this cancellation thing. Uh, he was very concerned that he had missed his Sunday school class this morning. And he said, so, now of course they're going away next weekend, but anyway, I'll just tell you, he said, so, we're not having, we didn't have Sunday school, we're not having Awana. That means we got to double up next Sunday. Now, out of the mouths of babes, I'm going to tell you, that's the conversation Jason and I were having this morning about this whole cancellation thing, and he was reminding me that there were cars all over the road, and so on. So, I'm not sure I got through, but um, yeah, we had a good conversation about it. So, I am very pleased this morning to be able to say this about our Lottie Moon Christmas offering for this year. And that is that there's a very good chance, and see, we were going to finish it um, last Sunday. But I told you we were going to keep it going. Um, we had set in our, we had actually set this year a goal for that. And, and here's what I want to praise the Lord. We're going to meet and very possibly exceed that goal today. We're going to meet it and very possibly exceed it today. So, so here's what I want to do. Um, instead of showing you a video, there is um, there's a lady there at the IMB. Her name is Lori McDaniel. And she did some research on Lottie Moon. Because, you know, we talk about this Lottie Moon Christmas offering, but how many of us really know anything at all about Lottie Moon? So she did this, she did this research, and it's, and it's a very exhaustive thing that she wrote. It's a, it's, a, it's a long thing that she wrote, and I encourage you to go to the imb.org website and read the thing, and read the thing. But I just, just want to um, share, she put a part in there of why I want to be like Lottie. And so she wrote down five different things about, about Lottie Moon, about this one that this offering that we take every year on behalf of missionaries all around the world, this is the, um, this is the, the, the namesake of this offering. This is the person, this is the person who, um, just listen to these five points and, and think about this, this woman who, who went to a, um, a difficult place to share Christ. Now, th these are the things. She said she confidently believed that salvation was personal, and so was the Great Commission. She daringly called for an insurrection in status quo mission thinking. She unapologetically asked believers to give. She unwaveringly obeyed God and abandoned comfort to live in a hard place. And she didn't shy away from pleading for a legion of workers to be sent. This was Lottie Moon. This was, this was a, a lady, a lady who stepped up to the call of missions and went and went to a difficult place, left her home, went to a difficult place to share Christ. And, and in the course of that, and in the course of that, began a movement among Southern Baptists that still goes on today. And I praise God for that. 
So let's pray one more time over this, over this offering that we'll take later this morning. And I would pray that you, I would pray that you would just ask God, how can I, how can I give this morning that will help us send it over the top? Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be a part of what you are doing around the globe. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give to this Lottie Moon Christmas offering, this offering that helps to support missionaries so that they can be about your work of sharing the gospel. Lord, um, Lord I thank you for our giving this year. And Lord, I pray that it and all of the monies that have been collected will allow for more missionaries to be appointed, will allow for missionaries to continuously be going all around the world. But Lord, may we not think it's their job, but may we understand that it's the role of the church to be the sending agency. It's the role of the church for people to, to rise up from within the church and answer the call to go. And Lord, I, I just want to praise you for this church. I want to praise you for, for the heart of this church. Uh, Lord, a desire, a desire to make you known all around the globe. A desire to be a part of it in praying, in giving, in going, in walking alongside of, in, in doing whatever it is that we can do to see the gospel go forth. Lord, we, uh, we love you, we honor you, we praise you. All this your most precious and holy name. Amen. <clears throat> so turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 18. Thank you for braving the elements this morning, coming out on this, uh, this weather-like morning. All kinds of weather out there this morning. If you like snow, you got a little of that. If you like rain, you got a little of that. If you like ice, you got a little of that. The only thing we may not see today will be sun. That, that's supposed to come tomorrow, so we'll, we'll hold out for that tomorrow. But anyhow, um, now, as we dive into this, I want you to understand, this is going to cover a lot of time. Okay, this, this passage that I'm going to read is going to cover, span a lot of time. But it's going to be so busy. There are so many, you know, there's one plot. There's one plot in the book of Acts. And the plot in the book of Acts is that the gospel goes forth. You know, it's the, it's the history of the early church and the Acts of the Apostles. That's what Acts is all about. Okay, that's the, that's the plot of this. But I, but I can tell you in what I will read in just a moment, there are many different subplots. There are many things going on here. And we'll try to unpackage this. And, 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 and I pray that as we see all of these different things, we, we even <clears throat> get to realize something about ourselves. We get to realize our part in the gospel going forth. And when I say our part, I'm talking about each and every one of us. I'm not talking about um, one particular person or one particular group. 
I'm talking about the church and the church's role in the gospel going forth, in the gospel, in the gospel pushing back darkness. In the, and, and, you know, our team will, our, we're one week and one day away from departure. And, um, you, you know, it, it, time really seems to fly at a certain point. It really goes faster as we get. And, um, but our team will depart one, one week and one day. And Isaac was saying how funny it is that as we're landing, he'll be taking off. Probably looking out the, looking out the window at one another as we, uh, as we do that exchange. So, starting in the 18th verse of the book of Acts, let's, let's read all of these different subplots. So Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren <clears throat> and sailed for Syria, and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had his hair cut off at Centuria, for he had taken a vow. And he came to Ephesus and left them there, but he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay a longer time with them, he did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem, but I will return again to you, God willing, and he sailed from Ephesus. And when he landed at Caesarea and gone up and greeted the church, he went down to Antioch. After he had spent time, some time there, he departed and went over the region of Galatia and Phrygia in order, strengthening all the disciples. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the Scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all, and, when, and he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. 
But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. May God bless the reading of his word. And again, there's a lot of coming and going in this passage. There's a lot of moving about in this passage. We know that we know that Paul had been in Corinth, had been in Corinth for a time, and then we know that because of because of the gospel going forth, because of the word being preached, because of Paul being brought before the before the judgment seat. And, and all of those things that um, the synagogue in Corinth was in disarray. The synagogue in Corinth was um, dealing with some things. So much so that the ruler, Sosthenes, took a beating for it. Took a beating for all of that. And <clears throat> so now, Paul needs to go back to Jerusalem. Paul needs to go back to Jerusalem. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on every aspect of this passage that I read, but I'm going to make sure that we understand all that's going on. And like I said, it spans a, a time. It spans a pretty good amount of time. So, so Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila leave Corinth, and they come to Ephesus. They come to Ephesus on their journey. So, they're, so they've, left, they've left Europe, and now they're back in Asia Minor and as, they're, as they're sailing. Okay, and that doesn't happen, boom, it's done. Okay, sailing takes a little bit of time. Okay, so, so here they are. Now, that he, right in the midst of this, he throws in this piece. Now, this is Luke's writing, okay? He, he throws in this piece. He had his hair cut off at Centuria, for he had taken a vow. But he gives no other information about the vow that Paul had taken. And usually, when the hair is being cut, it's the end of the vow, and the, and the wording and the way that uh, Luke wrote it leads us to believe that the, that the vow has already ended. Normally, though, normally, though, that only happens in Jerusalem. That doesn't happen outside of Jerusalem. So, so as, we're, as we're working through this, and the one commentator uh, was the only one that I heard say this, but it, it could have been around verses 9 and 10 where Paul had received that vision. You remember that vision? Do not be afraid. Speak out and do not keep silent. I am with you. And then he went on to say that there is no one that will hurt you. I have many people in this city. Okay, you remember that? You remember that? So, so there's a possibility because he had heard from the Lord that this was what was surrounding this vow, surrounding this, this moment. But whatever it was, that was just another little piece thrown into this, thrown into this dialogue that Luke writes about. And... and I, there's so much going on, the vow obviously meant, meant something because he would put it in here. So, we go on. So, they've come to Ephesus, 
and, and left them there, but he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. That's what Paul always did, isn't it? That's the way he entered villages. Is that, is that not correct? He would go first, first to the Jews and to the Greeks that were there in the, in the synagogue. And so, and so here they are. This time, because of the conversation that was going on, they wanted him to stay. And guess what? He said, I can't. But if God willing, I'll be back. If God willing, I'll be back. And so he's leaving because he's got a feast to go to. Well, there were about three feasts. There were about three different feasts in, in Jerusalem where, where you tried to make the pilgrimage back to Jerusalem for these, for these different feasts. Every year they tried to make it back to Jerusalem, and Paul was, and Paul was dedicated to make it back for this. So he's making his way back to Jerusalem. Now, what you've got to realize, are, which missionary journey is Paul on right this moment? He's actually on the second. He's finishing the second, but Sheila, you're, you're, you're half right. You're half right because he's ending the second. He will end it in Antioch, Syria, and he begins the third. And it's almost like, it's almost like no break. It's just, but you've got to realize time is passing. Time is passing, and a lot of time is passing. So he's going to finish up missionary journey number two, and he's going to begin number three right in the midst of this. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on, okay? So, so he, he lands there in Caesarea and, and gone up and greeted the church, and then he went down to Antioch. And, and though, though if you looked at a map, it looked like you'd be going up, but I'm, I, there's a pretty good idea here that the elevation, the elevation of Jerusalem, the elevation of Antioch is why we talk about going down. Is why we're talking about going down. Not necessarily going south, but going down in elevation. Does that make sense? Okay, so... And, and, and here is the beginning, here is the beginning of missionary journey number three. Missionary journey number three. After he had spent some time there, he departed and went over the region of Galatia and Phrygia in order strengthening all the disciples. Strengthening those churches. You, you remember he wanted to go this way. He wanted to go this way, and, and even though he was in places for a short period of time, for a small amount of time, the gospel still went forth, churches still got started in the, in the work that was going on, even in the small amounts of time that he spent in places, works were beginning. You know, that's the mind of a church planner. That's the heart of a church planner. Is that, is that everywhere that church planter goes, guess what? Churches get planted. Everywhere that that church planter goes, a work of some type, a work of some type gets started. And, 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 and y you know, I want, okay, it's only a small group of us this morning, okay? You, you brave the elements, you brave the elements to hear, to hear this. I want us to have that heart. I want us to have that, that heart, that heart and mind of church planners. I want us to be thinking about where is the next place, where is the next place that a work is supposed to begin and we're supposed to have a part in starting it, in being a part of it. The last two leadership team meetings that we were able to have, 
So that would have been November and October because we weren't able to have December. We are going to have one tomorrow night. Even if it snows knee deep to a giraffe, <laughs> we'll figure that out. But, but, but here's the thing. Those last two meetings, guess what? I brought church planners here to talk to our leadership team. I brought church planners in to talk to our leadership team. And, to, and, and I, just want, I just want them standing in front of us and telling their story. And telling their story. And, and what I would like to see, we even put it, it's even in the budget. That we approved, um, what was that, a couple of weeks ago? I, I, I lose track of time, but anyhow, a couple of weeks ago, we approved a budget that actually had an amount of giving towards a church plant. Okay, so, so and again, I want, that's what I want us to be thinking about. I, w- I want it to be at the forefront of our mind. So, as Paul begins this next journey, look at where it goes. Now, a certain Jew named Apollos... Born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. So as, as Paul had left Ephesus, Apollos is coming to Ephesus, okay? Priscilla and Aquila are still in Ephesus, okay? You got you to track with that a little bit, figure out where everybody's at. So Priscilla and Aquila are still there. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. Do we throw the baby out with the bathwater? Those mothers with babies are going, what do you mean? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This man... This man was teaching and teaching well what he knew. But he, had, but he had not been brought up to speed on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He had not been brought up to speed on, on being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I tell you that, that there are some, there are some, the reason I made that comment, there are some that, that say, oh, he's messed up. Oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But what did Priscilla and Aquila do? They quietly, privately, the way it looks, took him aside and they instructed him more accurately in the way of the Lord, in the way of God. They told him, they told him the truth of of baptism. They told him the truth of it all. Because when you dig, when you dig into this, This man, by everybody's thought, was this. He was a born-again believer who was a little mixed up in his understanding to the fact that he was downright lost. That's when you read about this man, Apollos. That's what they say about him. Isn't that a pretty wide range? Isn't that a pretty wide range of, of, of the opinion that we have about this man because, because of his misunderstanding? But yet, when Priscilla and Aquila take him aside, he receives it, he receives it, he, he understands it, and he now more accurately than even before talks about the Lord. And he, and he, and he, and he goes into those difficult places, namely the synagogue, and he, and he talks and he refutes against the Jews. He refutes their belief 
saying that Jesus is the Christ. Saying that Jesus is the Christ. So whatever that was... (laughs) Whatever that was, I praise God for Priscilla and Aquila. I praise God, realize, realize, like I said, this is, a, this is just an example that every single one of us has a role in this, has a part in this. Because, because there's, no, there, there's no telling where God is going to take you. All right, so a strange place to segue to my gospel stories, but I want to... I want to know, did you share the gospel with anybody this week? Did you have one of those moments? So let me, so let, let me just, okay, I'll, I'll tell you mine. All right, so I had one, but you want to know what resonates in me louder than the one I had? Are the three people I missed that I'll probably never see again for the rest of my life. Because there were three people that came over to help, help Becky and I at the dump on uh, the other day when we, when we took the last set of trees that broke down because of the, because of the um, snow and the ice and everything. Um, those three came over and said, can we, can we help you empty your trailer? I mean, one guy about killed himself trying to empty our trailer and fought, fell all out in the, in, in the logs and everything. But I mean, but they came over and they just graciously helped us get that trailer, trailer emptied. And guess what? I didn't share the Christ with them. I didn't, I didn't have a gospel conversation with them. And, you know, I, I say that. I say that with a, with, with a heavy heart, with a, with a burden, with a burden about it that, that I missed an opportunity. You, you know what? I, I didn't, I had, I had a trailer full of stuff that I had on my mind. Now, how much, how, what does that matter? What does that matter? But the conversation I did have, the conversation I did have was I had, I had it with a really great guy, good friend of mine, good friend of mine whose plate is as big as that table right there. And that plate is full, is, is way overflowing. And, you know, we, we had this conversation of, of that, you know, things just keep getting stacked on him and stacked on him and stacked on him. And, and, and in the midst of the whole conversation, I went, so where are you with the Lord? What's your, what's your relationship with him? What's your relationship with the one that can, that can help you with that plate? That can help you do things that, apart from him, you, you couldn't even begin to do. What's your relationship? And I praise God that he, he prof- professed a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ as a Catholic. Okay? And, uh, but, but his, there's so many other things going on. Guess what he didn't have time for? And he was willing to admit that. And he was willing to admit that. So we, you know, we talked about we talked about this, you, you know, because I, I, I will tell you that if you allow it, if you allow it, everything and anything will get in the way of your walk with the Lord. Everything and anything will get in, get in the way of your walk with the Lord. And it will all be good, and it will all be important, and you will think that you're doing all the right things, but you're doing them without the Lord 
leading you and guiding you and in many ways carrying you through those things. Anybody else? Anybody else? And by the way, you might say, well, there's only a few people in here. Why do we need this microphone? Because we're, this is what goes on our podcast and our, on our website. And so, Scott. And, and uh, dead air on a podcast sounds horrible. At the risk, uh, I'll go next. At the risk of everybody here thinking that my wife and I never eat at home, we do on occasion. Um, we were in a restaurant for lunch yesterday, just the two of us. And we met Jessica. She was waiting on us. And as is our practice, I asked Jessica if there was anything we could pray for for her. Well, she said, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. And yes. And she proceeded to tell us about her mother who has been battling cancer and a bunch of illnesses. And so, you know, we went ahead and prayed for that. And the, the beautiful thing about being in a restaurant is they've got to come back. They, they've got to come back. You know, you're, you're not, you're going to get plenty of opportunities. So the next time, or a little bit later, you know, I asked, do you have a church you belong to? Do you have a home church? And she said, well, no, no. I, I used to live here, and I had a church there, and then we've moved here, and I, I really don't. I work a lot of Sundays. I said, oh, that's, that's horrible. Um, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And she looked at me and she said, well, yes. I, I don't think she gets asked that question very often. So she looked at me and she said, yes. I said, well, look, if you, you don't have a church home, there's this place right up the street, up here in, in Chester called Mission Community Church. And I, I heard that you work a lot of Sundays, but you know, we also meet in homes on Wednesdays and Tuesdays. Now, she's more of the Tuesday group age. But she's really interested because she's off on Wednesdays and she's really interested in getting her mom aligned with some believers that she was really interested in Wednesdays. So we left contact information with her and things like that. But it was, it was celebration, right? That here's this believer, she's in this place, she's working hard and trying to do a bunch of things. And, and here was an opportunity that we were already doing that might benefit them. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Richard. I decided yesterday that uh, Marvin and I would go to Denny's for breakfast. Really brunch like. But anyway, as we were sitting there, this couple came in and on the guy's hat it said disabled Vietnam veteran. And so I went over when I got ready to leave and I talked to him and told him, I says, I says, uh, I says, thank you for your service. I says, and the other thing is, I says, you know, God has still got you here for a reason. And he said, yes. He says, I know that. And he says, I says, so you trust in the Lord then? And he said, yes. He says, me and my wife go all the time to church, and we participate as much as we can. And I says, well, I know that the activities, because you're disabled sometimes, don't allow you to. But I says, he'll find a way for you to do that. Amen. And he says, yes, I will. And I told him, and he says, you have a blessed day. And I said, you also. Mm. And I hope that you have many more days of being blessed. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? 
anybody else. You know, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's not hard to do to get into a conversation. And yeah, yeah, sure. And every once in a while, your pastor, your pastor lets an opportunity slip by. And then it bugs me for the rest of my days. Okay? I, I'd like to not be bugged the rest of my days like that. Okay, so, um, but again, that we, that we are of that mind, of that, of that heart, of that thinking, that, you, you know what? This is, this is the opportunity that we've been given. It's an opportunity for such a time as this. For such a time as this to share with whoever God brings across our path. And so, um, after this little time that Priscilla and Aquila spent with Apollos, Apollos um, was going to go to Achaia, was going to move on. And actually, what was happening is where Paul had come from. This is where, this is where Apollos is going back to. And in the course of this, in the course of this moving to and fro, um, the way in which the way in which you were best received was if somebody wrote a letter about you. Was if somebody wrote a letter about you, and in this case, they wrote a letter about Apollos and sent it with him, so that so that he would be received. He would be received there in that in that place as one as one who could who could do these things that he said. He greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the Scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. You know what? He might not have gotten it there for, for, because, he had, because he had not been taught that. But when he was taught that, that, become, that became a part of him. That became a part of him. And, it said, and, and so it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came back to Ephesus. You remember he said, if, if God willing, I will be back. He's back. Okay, Paul's back in Ephesus. And finding some disciples now, the, 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 thought, is, the thought is that these may not have been Christian disciples. These may have just been, they, these may have been followers these may, have been, these may have been folks that maybe were discipled through the synagogue, who knows. But, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. You remember that conversation I had with my Mormon friend? Remember that conversation? Well, he's confused on the Holy Spirit as well. He sees the Holy Spirit as an agent of God. He does not see the Holy Spirit as God. And uh, so, you, you know, even back then, back in this day, in the, in the first century, and in our day, and in our day, there are people that are confused on who God is. Okay? And so... And so he says, did you, see the, did, did you re receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? 
So they said into John's baptism. Now realize, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Baptism of repentance. Let's go to Matthew for just a second. Let's go to Matthew. If we had had Sunday school this morning, this would have been a part of what I would have talked about. But Matthew chapter 3. Let's look at verse 11. This is John the Baptist speaking. 3.11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay? The, 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 baptism of, the baptism in the name of Jesus, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, comes because of what Jesus has done and because of what was promised, what was promised after Jesus ascended. And that is that the Holy Spirit would come, and the Holy Spirit would come, and would come into the life and into the, into the heart of each and every believer. You remember that? You know that, you, you know that because as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as born-again believers, we now have the Holy Spirit living within each and every one of us, sealed by the Spirit, sealed by the Spirit. No one can take that away from us. We can't even take that away from us. We can't take away what we did nothing, what we did nothing to earn in the first place other than to say, yes, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need forgiveness. I know that I need you in my heart and in my life. And so, and so John's baptism of repentance pointed people, pointed people in a different direction. Remember, repentance is that thing. Repentance is that thing that if you're walking, okay, sin is that way, okay, and you're walking towards sin and you repent, you, you choose to repent of that sin, you do a 180 and you walk directly away from that sin and you walk to God. And you walk to Christ and Christ alone because he's the only one. He's the only one that can save us from our sin. And so that's the difference. In, in other words, John's baptism lacked the name of Jesus and lacked the Holy Spirit. You get that, okay? And, and, and it wasn't because, because at, that, at the point when John was baptizing, at the point when John was baptizing, Christ had not yet come. But Christ is going to come while John is out baptizing, is he not? Because who's one of the people John is going to baptize? He's going to baptize Jesus. And guess who's going to fall upon Jesus at his baptism? The Holy Spirit. You remember that? You remember that? And who's going to, who's going to, speak? Who's going to speak at Jesus' baptism? God the Father. <laughs> So if you've, got any, uh, if you've got any trouble finding a place, finding a place where God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all in one place, go to, go to Jesus' baptism. Go to Jesus' baptism as one of those places where you can, where you can uh, boldly show it. And, and so um, it says, Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid hands on them, 
You've got to understand something. It's not because Paul was anything special. But Paul was being used of God to perform these things in which he performed, whether it was to heal people, whether it was, whether it was to um, cast out demons, whether it was whatever the miracle was, or whether in this case it was to lay hands on people. And, and Paul, being a, Paul being a conduit, Paul being a conduit of God, boom, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit came upon those people. And, and immediately, the signs of the Holy Spirit coming. And again, this is where, this is where we kind of go awry a little bit for some. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And when you do the research, you will find that tongues in this case were other languages. Other languages. Now the men were about twelve in all. And he went into the synagogues, which is what he did, and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. Concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened, where is he at? Where is he at when this has happened in the synagogue? He's in that place where, where there are at least ten Jewish men, right? He's in that place, he's in that place, and, and you see, and, and you see the, the difficulty, the difficulty in sharing the gospel in these places. Did that stop him? Did that stop him from sharing the gospel? No, it didn't stop him from sharing the gospel. In fact, I think, I think that fueled his fire. Okay, I think that fueled his fire to share it even more. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way, and the way there is of Christianity, that's what the way means, before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples. He withdrew those ones that had just received the Holy Spirit. And they went to a place, it says, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Now, I'll just tell you that here's what I, here's what I glean from this. Here's what I glean from this. And we don't, see, we don't have to worry about this. We don't have to worry about being tossed out of anywhere, do we? Now, when we go to Africa or you go somewhere, some other place, you might have to worry about getting tossed out of somewhere. But here in Chester, Virginia, we have this place. So, so we don't think about what it means to, be, to, to have to leave one place and go to another place. But you know what? What this shows me is that even in the first century, there's always somewhere to worship. There's always, there's always somewhere to come together and always somewhere to worship. And, and if, you're, if you're a church planner, if you're a church planner, you know that more than anything else. You know that more than anybody else. And it says, so they went over to the school of Tyrannus, whether Tyrannus was a, was a key teacher at the place, whether, whether the place got named after him, okay? What, whatever the circumstance was of this place, Paul was able to walk in and use this facility to continue to disciple people there in that place. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. The gospel going forth is important. The gospel going forth matters. The gospel goes forth through who? Through people. The gospel goes forth through me and through you. Okay? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to share it. 
Don't be afraid to talk to people. I'm telling you, I'm still waiting. We almost got there one day. We almost got there one day where, where there were like six, there were like six testimonies of people sharing the gospel. Maybe I should start with the gospel conversations just in case it's that day that you all tell so many stories that I have no time to preach, that I have no time to preach. Folks, don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't keep silent. I, the Lord, am with you. Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for the day. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to be a part of your work. Thank you for allowing us to, to read Paul's story through the, through the hands and the eyes and the mind of Luke as he, as he penned it. Lord, as we, as we think about Apollos and we think about Priscilla and Aquila and we think about those, those 12 disciples, as we think about all the different people that, that Paul and Silas and Timothy and all of these came in contact with during that time as the, as the early church grew. And Lord I, Lord, I pray that you would continue to use us, continue to speak through us. Lord, I lift up each and every person in this place right this moment. I pray that they know you as Lord and Savior. I pray that they pray that they have a desire that is in line with your desire that all men would be saved that every that every person walking this earth that every person that will walk this earth will come to a saving knowledge of you though some believe it we do not that there is absolutely no nothing can be done for those that have passed from this life to the next. So Lord, may we be, may we be fervent. May we, may we teach accurately your word. And Lord, may the gospel go forth in every way possible. Lord, I give you this time of invitation that you would take it and do what only you can do with it. Lord, that you would speak to hearts and Lord, that you would be glorified in the midst of it all. We love you and we praise you. In your most precious and holy name, amen. Let's stand together.